and welcome to this edition of Wait a Week Mystery. This is your host and author, J.C. Bodden. In this week's podcast, I'll be sharing with you another chapter from my novel, Someone to Watch Over Me. This book is the first in the Devlin O'Quinn mystery series and tells the story of Devlin's daughter, Jenny, who has taken a job on campus as a dorm resident advisor while she works on her graduate degree. If you like what you hear and can't wait a week for the next installment, Someone to Watch Over Me, as well as the other three books in the Devlin O'Quinn series, is available in both Kindle and paperback format from Amazon. You can check out my website, jcboden.com, that's J-C-B-O-D-D-E-N.com, for more information and the link to my Amazon page. Now, I won't make you wait any longer. Here we go with episode 125, Someone to Watch Over Me, chapter 25, Deep Greens and Blues, Jenny's Story. The next morning I felt better than I had in several days. After our date, Wagner and I had spent the rest of the evening hanging out in the dorm lobby. We watched some football on television, talked, even played a little ping pong. I was pleasantly surprised that he was so much fun. Several residents spent time visiting with us, talking excitedly about the upcoming dorm talent show. Marcy made me promise to get both the spotlight and the microphone set up. The landing on the stairs would serve as the stage. Everything was planned for 9 o'clock Friday night. I was glad Marcy had taken the ball and run with this project, relieved to be thinking about something besides the terrible events of the past few days. It was relaxing to talk and laugh, feeling safe and secure. When I finally did tell Wagner that I had to go to bed, he walked me upstairs and kissed me at my apartment door. I stayed up studying for a while and then went to sleep, my lips still tingling from his touch. I was still feeling wonderful as I walked back to the dorm after class. There was a Christmas to the air that signaled the coming fall weather. I breathed deeply, noticing the glowing colors of the leaves and the deep blue of the sky. Rounding the corner, I saw the familiar brown maintenance van parked in front of the dorm. The rear doors were open and someone was pulling equipment and tools out of the back. I could tell, even from this distance, that it was not Joe. Excuse me, what, what's going on? The man stopped and adjusted his grip on the load in his arms. We're installing emergency exits on this place today, he grunted, and then continued up the steps. I hurried past him and pulled open the door to the lobby, holding it for him. Thanks, he mumbled. No problem. I was in too good a mood to be bothered by his grumpiness. I followed him to the first floor hallway and held that door open for him as well. He merely nodded. At the end of the hallway were Joe and another worker. The other man was taking measurements, patiently turning his head towards Joe each time so that Joe could record them. I smiled at the intense concentration on Joe's face. When I got close enough, I saw that his writing was incredibly neat, almost artistic. I tapped him on the shoulder and grinned as he turned around. Hey! Joe's eyes widened before he spoke. Wow! Hey, yourself! The other two men stopped what they were doing and gawked. After a moment or two, Joe remembered himself. Guys, this is Jenny O'Quinn. Jenny, this is Mark and Antonio, he said as he gestured to the men with his clipboard. Mark smiled and touched his cap while Antonio, the grumpy one, grunted. Don't let me interfere with your work. Y'all let me know if you need anything. I'll be upstairs. As I walked down the hall, I heard one of the old other men, I thought it was Antonio, growl, 
Okay, Joe, you gonna just stand there staring, or are you gonna help me with this shit? I took two more steps before I dared peek back. Joe had squatted down and was sorting through the equipment that was spread all over the floor. I could see, even from here, the flush across his neck. My light-hearted mood evaporated suddenly as I topped the stairs outside my apartment. On the floor in front of the door lay a single red rose. Underneath the rose was a folded piece of paper. Trembling, thinking it was from the stalker, I carefully picked up the paper, leaving the flower on the floor. Only touching the edge of the sheet to avoid smudging any fingerprints, I carefully unfolded the page to read the note inside. Jenny, I wish we had met under happier circumstances, but I want you to know that I'm really enjoying getting to know you, and I'm looking forward to spending more time with you. Wagner. Shit, I whispered. Why can't anyone spell my name right? But I knew I was grinning like a fool. Just at that moment, Dana came around the corner. What you got there, Jenny? It bent over and retrieved the flower from the floor. Oh, nothing. I felt the blush creep up my cheeks. Nothing, huh? Dana laughed. Hunky campus cop leave you a present? Um, yeah, he did. Aw, that's sweet. I saw you two in the lobby last night. God, he's gorgeous. I smiled over my shoulder at Dana as I unlocked my apartment door. We're just friends, really. Dana laughed. Right, whatever. I also saw that kiss he gave you. She bounced on down the stairs. The old friends with benefits, huh? I wish I had a friend like that, she called back. Inside my apartment, I grabbed a glass and filled it with water for the flower, which I set on the small table in the kitchenette. Then I flopped down on the couch to read the note from Wagner again. Dana's right. He's gorgeous. I laughed to myself, kicked off my shoes, and flicked on the television. After a few minutes of channel surfing, I turned the set back off. Restless, I got up and made myself some coffee. While it was brewing, I picked up my notebook and flipped through it. Standing beside the kitchen sink, I jumped when my cell phone began to vibrate on the coffee table. Hello? Hey there. Waiting on me to call? Wagner, what are you doing? Calling you. What are you doing? Um, nothing. Having some coffee. Watching some television. Hey, thanks for the flower and the note. It was sweet. Don't lie. I'm a cop, you know. What do you mean? It was sweet. I mean, you're not watching TV. What? Yes, I am. What are you talking about? I glanced around nervously. You're not watching TV. I can tell. What do you mean? Yes, I am. I can't hear it. What's the matter? Got it on mute or something? Oh, okay. You're right. I should know better than to lie to a cop. I turned it off a second ago. Nothing I wanted to watch. Yeah, well, don't forget. Don't lie to me. Something in his tone made me nervous. Um, yeah, okay. There was a long pause and I thought the call had been dropped. Wagner? You there? Yeah. There was another long pause. I was still flustered by the tone in his voice. Hey, okay, I got it. I'm sorry, I said again, even though I really didn't know what exactly I was apologizing for. Hey, don't worry about it. I'm just kidding around with you. It took me a second to realize his tone was light again. I laughed. You had me going there for a second. I know, he laughed too. 
Listen, you going to be around tonight? Well, I've got some work to do over at the lab this afternoon, and then I was going to go to the library to study, but I should be back here around 8. Really? Wagner sounded just as playful as ever. 8, huh? Just when I'm supposed to come on duty, huh? Oh, really? Yeah, I guess so. I hadn't really thought about it. So, maybe you could thank me in person for the flower, huh? Maybe. Now I found myself giggling into the phone. Okay, now we're talking. Listen, I gotta go. You go do your lab thing and your study thing and be careful. And I'll see you here, I mean, at the dorm at 8, okay? Okay, Wagner. Okay, Jenny. Bye, Wagner. Bye, Jenny. Joe's story. It was a cold morning as Joe trudged down the porch steps to retrieve the morning paper, stopping to pet his landlady's cat before noticing Jenny standing across the street. He was so accustomed to carrying thoughts of her with him everywhere he went that it took him a moment to realize she was actually there, watching him. Then, as they were talking, she reached across the fence and touched him. Later, she even held his hand. After she left, he turned and walked slowly back to the house, blowing on his hands to warm them. At, the, at least that's what everyone who saw him would think. In reality, he was breathing in her scent, her warmth, trying to hold on to that fading glow. On the porch, Mrs. McDowell looked closely at her tenant. Why didn't you invite her for breakfast, Joe? I did, Mrs. McDowell. She couldn't stay. Well, she sure is a pretty thing. Yes, ma'am, she is. What's her name, Joe? Jenny. Jenny O'Quinn. There was something in the way Joe spoke that made his landlady stop and peer into his face. My, my, she said as she pushed her glasses up her nose. Ma'am, did you say something? Joe asked distractedly. No, son, it's nothing. She smiled and patted his back as she followed him into the house, closing the door behind them. Jenny O'Quinn, she repeated to herself. My, my. That concludes this week's chapter of Someone to Watch Over Me. Thanks so very much for listening. To find out what happens next, please come back for episode 126 of Wait a Week Mystery or visit jcbodden.com where you can order the book. Either way, I hope your wait is a happy one.